Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number two. I wanted to record this about a week after the first podcast, and it just did not happen. And I had a couple ideas rolling around in my head. I started to record a couple different times, and it just didn't feel natural. It wasn't the time for those topics to come out. And that's something I want to make sure I never do with this. Should I progress and continue to put these out maybe every week or every other week is my goal is not forcing a subject and not forcing myself to do something that I don't want to do, like just to create something, just to make some sort of content and put it out there or not put it out there as I definitely have not shared the link to this podcast yet, except for I think three people. So to those three who've actually listened to it, thank you. Today, I was really inspired to do this, and I wasn't going to do anything but check things off the to-do list today, and you know what? I was uninspired to do that, so here we are. On the topic of things you are not inspired to do all the time, I want to stress to you the importance of maintaining a consistent practice and not necessarily a physical practice as we usually think of um, going to a yoga class or taking a practice for yourself at home, but maintaining some sort of centering routine that helps keep you level. After the holidays, things were pretty great for a week or two. I was really motivated. I felt refreshed after having a couple segments off around Christmas and New Year's. Usually I teach multiple classes every day, Monday through Friday. Sometimes I sub on the weekends. Sometimes there's a workshop or a concert and it had been a hot minute since I'd had some free time. So I was very happy to get it. But in that period of time where I wasn't doing as much, even a span of four or five days, my practice started to wane a little bit or it started to look different. To me, I thought I was practicing. And in a sense, I was. I was doing something that makes me extremely happy, um, reading, studying, doing a course, and just furthering my own appreciation and knowledge of yoga, meditation, anatomy, all of the things. You name it, I might enjoy it. (laughs) It's a very good chance I probably do enjoy it. And it, it kind of substituted my mental practice, my routines that I try to do on a daily basis that keep me stable. And I don't want you to think that doing something that makes you happy is not a good thing to do. On the contrary, it's vital to do things just because they make you happy. We live in a society that kind of frowns on things that aren't productive and sometimes seen as a waste of time. I was hanging out with a friend last night and she said, you know, I, I was having difficulties around like hanging out tonight and I was super excited. I've been excited about it for weeks since we planned this, but I felt guilty. I felt guilty for leaving my kids at home. I felt guilty for, you know, having my hubby watch them when he could be doing something on his own or having his fun and Just this idea of guilt surrounding doing something for joy purposes, which is an act of taking care of yourself. I myself had an excuse 
last night because Matt was at a concert. And if I wasn't at that concert with him, of course I would, I was going to do something for myself because life afforded me time. I didn't have to take it. I just took that opportunity when it was presented to me. But listen to how I just worded that. We all do it. I had an excuse because Matt wasn't home. She didn't have an excuse, so she felt guilty. Her excuse is joy. That's a good excuse. Doing something because it makes you happy is completely necessary, but doing the things, the basic things, the things that maybe only take five to 10 minutes that keep you sane, that keep you happy, functioning, collected, not a crazy person. Those things, when we're feeling great, when we're having a great day, a great week, nothing's wrong, you kind of forget about them. It's like when you're sick, you never take as good of care of yourself any other time than when you're sick because there's something wrong. There's some purpose to sleeping more, to making sure you drink enough water, maybe that extra shower to work on your decongestion, extra vitamins perhaps if you choose to supplement again, uh, another topic for a future podcast. But in whatever way you take care of yourself, when you're having a bad day, when you're sick, when something's not working right, when you're just off, when you're afforded the time, that's when we do all of these things. And it's not that it's too late, but it would be so much easier to prevent these things from happening or if prevention is not possible, to lessen the effects of a sickness or stress, whatever you're dealing with. This is joy. One of them is making sure you drink enough water. We're told all of these things that we need to do, how many ounces of water a day, how many grams of protein, macros, micros. So much of it has to do with the physical body. And I think part of that, well, we're a very appearance-obsessed society, and things like those are quantitative, and they can be calculated and measured. The physical body can be seen and moved and touched and analyzed, and things that are so apparent, of course, there's a, those are going to be the ones that are gravitated towards, and unfortunately, they're the ones that also sell products you know, take this to make yourself feel better. Use this to make yourself look better. All of this information or so much, I'm not going to say all, depends on where you're getting your sources from. Again, a topic for a different podcast, but so much of this is fueled by marketing and so much of the information that we're blasted with on social media and commercials. What are they there for? They're there to sell things. You can buy peace of mind in the form of an insurance policy or a security system or making sure your house is taken care of, making sure that you prevent any possible things from happening that could affect you negatively. But you can't buy that true peace of mind, peace in the mind. The commodification of yoga and spirituality is so prevalent. And I'm guilty of that as well. I'm never going to tell you that I'm not. I will never tell you that I'm perfect or that my practice is perfect. 
We buy a new mala because it's pretty and it focuses on the intention or sankalpa that we're working with. But if you never use that mala, it's not going to do you any good. You can buy a couple precious gems or stones that you feel will help you on your way. If you buy those stones, you set them on your bedside table or on your altar, you never think about what they mean, you never do the work, those aren't going to help you. An essential oil that has a specific blend and a specific name. I mean, the list goes on. I could ramble for this on this for hours, but I will not bore you with that. Taking the time to put in the work, even when it seems like the work isn't necessary, that's the time to be doing it. When you are afforded the time, take the time to do so. When you don't have the time, make the time to do so, even if it's a condensed version. If you usually have a 10-minute meditation in the morning, you woke up a little late or something happened or the tea kettle's yelling at you and your plan has to change, two minutes is still better than zero minutes. Take some sort of action at any point in the day. I don't always do my practice in the morning. It's something that I'm working on and something that I notice when I have my morning practice, I feel so much better, so much better through the rest of the day because I'm starting off a lot more balanced and I'm not trying to make up for it later on when I may be stirred up already or unsettled for some reason. When I do my practice later in the day, it's to try to correct something not to optimize something. Optimization is always, always going to work better than trying to fix something. Backtracking something that you could have prevented. Why would you not want to prevent it? But when we're okay, we just don't think about it. Now, it's definitely possible to get bogged down with all of the things that we could be doing for ourselves. If you had an entire day and you could choose any activity that you wanted, any amount of activities you wanted, what would you do? Things that you would do for yourself or services like a massage or a float or whatever your preferred splurge is to make yourself feel better. Obviously, we can't do those every single day. And if you can, congratulations, but I know I can't. And To fit in a devotional practice, a physical practice, a meditation practice, it just doesn't happen. There's not always time for it. Use the time that you do have. Figure out what your minimum practice can be. What's the minimum that you need to function? Most of us can say, well, I need between six and seven hours of sleep, or I need seven to eight hours of sleep, or I need more than or less than. Figure out what your minimum practice could be and let it be something that fits into your schedule. If you want to try and do three hours of practice, and if you want to wake up early enough to do so and you've still satisfied your sleep requirement, go ahead. But if, it, if, the, if three hours does not fit in your schedule, you have to figure out what does and which factors can be left out and which factors are the most important. For me, with my physical practice, 
There are certain poses that I use energetically. There are certain poses that I use physically that I really need to do them every day to balance out what I do in my life. And I can condense the most important ones down to about 10 minutes. And it's nothing fancy. It's nothing flashy. It's not impressive or Instagram worthy. It's what I need to keep functioning. It's what I need to compensate for what I do on a daily basis. A spiritual and meditation practice, I feel, is a lot harder to figure out what your minimum requirements are. And maybe that's because it it does change on a daily and weekly basis how much stress you could be experiencing that week. If life could be level all of the time, we'd probably figure out that optimal amount of time or that optimal routine. That's going to be different for everybody. It's going to be different depending on what types of practice you gravitate towards, what experiences you've had, what tools you have in your toolbox. But for me, 10 minutes at the beginning of my day, sitting with an intention, sitting with my Dharma code or Sankalpa, sitting with whatever card I pulled to give me inspiration, just that act of sitting, it honestly doesn't matter as much what I do with it as long as there is a focus on something. Now the something is what's most likely to change from week to week, whether it's silence or a word or a specific healing. That's going to change. Doing the practice should, and I will use the word should, should never change. The act of doing the practice should remain consistent. Whatever that practice is for you in that day, in that moment, making the time waking up just that much earlier, sacrificing that much time, however long you choose for not watching an extra episode of your TV show or not doing the infinite scroll on Instagram or Facebook. I don't know why we've gotten this into our heads that it's it's so much work to set up and prepare the space and there there is a wonderful ritual to that as well. You know, please keep your space clean, keep it organized, keep it clutter-free. Um I don't remember who said it or where I read this at one point in time, but the space in which you're living very possibly mimics how your mind and how your brain are functioning. Uh, you know, a cluttered space, it's unsettling. If you have something clean, minimalist, nice, neat, tidy, I feel like your thoughts do tend to follow suit. But take what you have. Take the time you have. Take the space you have. Um, I tell people if they think they don't have time, how many of you get in your car and look at your phone? And all of a sudden you're sitting in your car for five minutes and you've been on your phone for five minutes when you intended to start driving five minutes ago. Take that five minutes. There's little gaps of time throughout the day that we choose to fill with other less important things when, oh, there we go. Did you hear that? We choose to fill with less important things. Well, yes, I consider the infinity scroll on social media to be an unnecessary thing. Hmm, I'm going to eat my words now, aren't I? No, I won't. I hope you understand what I mean. Filling your day with happy things, filling your day with um, things that make your life better. Again, always a good thing. 
find the unnecessary things. Define those for you. Those will be a little different for everybody else as well. Find the things that you can let go of to create more time and space for that practice, even if it's five minutes in your car. But from personal experience, and I'm going to go ahead and I don't have an article to cite for you right now, but I'm going to say scientific evidence will back. (laughs) Doing something first thing in the morning does set the tone for your whole day. Getting back to that time and space for yourself through several periods throughout the day do help. Taking a moment to check in and see what the body and the mind need, seeing what you need. When we're hungry, we think, what do I want? Sometimes we listen, sometimes we don't. It's the same with your mind. See if your mind needs a break. See if it can keep going. See if it needs to rest. See if it needs to be stimulated. If you're getting lethargic, maybe you need to go for a walk. Maybe you need to read something interesting, or maybe you just need to turn everything off and close your eyes for five minutes. Whatever you do, whatever it is that you find that you need, your minimum practice, the things that you could exclude to make sure there's time and space for this minimal practice, keep doing it. Do it on the good days when there's time. Do it on the bad days when you need it. You'll notice when you start to have one of those bad days again, it could just be circumstantial. It could also be the state of mind that you're in. And maybe you'll find that you haven't done your practice in a couple days, or it's been a few too many hours since you last checked in and pressed the reset button. Whatever the practice is, keep doing it, find it, modify it, Let it be the one constant you know you have, you can come back to, and that you can rely on. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll talk to you again soon. Namaste.